Hello, dear listener. Thank you for downloading, listening to, and streaming Spooky Doings podcast. My name is Red Guzman. I'm an improv comedian from New York. Still not able to improvise because we are deep in a pandemic. But that's okay. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. I hope it's not an oncoming train. And that's as far as my optimism goes. I'm joined, as always, by the lady with the levers, the broad with the buttons, the babe with the boops. She makes it all happen, and we couldn't do it without her. She's Chelsea Bennington. How are you, Chelsea? Hi. I love that new intro. You mm-hmm. jazzed it up a little bit. I try. I have been called a jazz wizard. Because when you're like the 8 millionth, 434,722nd leading jazz expert in, your, in New Orleans, it pretty much makes you number one in Queens Village, and I'm fine with that. You have a lot of people to take out to get to number one. Not willing to do that. No, I respect them too much in New Orleans. But in Queens Village, number one. And that nice. works for me. How are you today, Chelsea? I'm, I'm good. I, I mean, it's, it's sunny in Queens today. So in my side of Queens, at least. Um, so excited to get out there as well. So ready for winter winter weather to be over and i think yesterday was like the first day of spring or today i don't know if that means anything in the time of corona and climate change but hopefully we can get outside and breathe fresh air as fresh as it can get in new york that's fair (laughs) how are you i'm good and we are joined today by our guest he's a comedian and one of the co-hosts of the stoner morning show uh he's my pal sean wickens how are you sean pretty good excited for the maybe optimism that you bring about uh your viewpoint <laughs> that we're headed <laughs> maybe optimism that's a great way to put it <laughs> kind of sort of almost not really positivity yeah i hear you though it's uh the 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 finish line keeps on push getting pushed back but, uh, you know, but it's warmer out than it was. How are you holding up in the time of Rona? Oh, pretty good. I think I'll come out of it a little stronger and hopefully more um, compassionate to the world, hopefully. Now, that, that is one of the benefits I've noticed uh, and we've talked about on this podcast before uh, with these hard times and the previous administration the most anti-establishment thing you can do these days is be kind. So let's take that as a punk rock force that it can be. Yeah. I started saying, you know, because New York is less crowded than it used to be. And um, in moments when I'm walking around, I find myself, I told myself, I'm going to just say hi to people. You know, (laughs) and uh, I was like, oh, that's a good thing to, you know, optimistic thing to do and I realized qu- quickly I realized nobody wants to set hi- be said hi to just because there's less people around but people still have places to go you know what I mean so <laughs> that is something about New York I've noticed being born and raised here we accept the head nod oh yeah, at, yeah. as as the greeting but at we when I first started traveling to the south and strangers would say hello to me automatically i would like size them up like what's your fucking game what are you up to it's like no they're just nice friendly people that southern hospitality that i heard about but automatically i'm like 
Happy people make me angry. Friendly people make me nervous. But I've adapted. I think New Yorkers need to be told they're not. This is the way for New Yorkers to accept it, I feel like. You need to tell them they're not trying to be nice. They're just trying to let you know they're not a threat. I think that's the way it needs to be spun. <laughs> you, you've seen our birds and our, and our, and our stray cats and, and, and squirrels. Everything's a fucking threat. Uh, <laughs> I've, been doing, I've, been, I've been doing some dog walking in my neighborhood lately because I'm sort of somewhat underemployed at the moment. But um, I, um, I was walking this dog and it was, you know, a cute dog, a small dog. It was very friendly and wonder, wonderful and fun and easy to be in charge of. And uh, but one point I like I my attention was drawn to, you know, just my surroundings. And I looked back at the dog and it was peeing on a dead pigeon, ah. <laughs> which was like, geez, like you couldn't help but scold the thing. It's like, God, like, what, what's the what's the point? Um, oh, my God. Actually pissing on its grave, pretty much. Really. <laughs> Lord, um, marking that well, territory. But other than that horrible they're, they're, visual, I've been doing all right. <laughs> there may be an unknown vendetta there. Perhaps there was a blood feud that you don't know about. Oh, but yeah. either way, that's pretty fucking weird. Which brings us to our topic this week. Yeah. Um, Sean posted that he wanted to be on some podcasts, and I have one. And I like Sean. You were kind enough to have me on your your stoner morning show, even though I'm not a stoner. And it was a wonderful conversation with oh, you yeah. and your co-hosts. And I said, okay, Sean, uh, you want to talk some horror? You said, yeah. It's like, all right, uh, any particular genre? And we bounced some things around. And we're going to talk about the weirdo movies that we love, the movies that we know they're unusual. We may not recommend them to other people, but God damn it, we love to sit down and watch them. So uh, we're going to go around. We're going to talk about the weird shit. We're probably going to talk about stuff that maybe the other people on this show haven't watched or heard of, but it might inspire us to do that. Because if you can't mind fuck yourself willingly once in a while, what's the point of living? Yeah. What a great so, intro. That Yeah. I try. Let's fuck up our own minds. <laughs> Safely. I think it was John Safely. Waters that said, life is short, watch a weird fucking movie. Yeah, oh yeah. Or make one. I'll throw that out there, why not? He's made a career out of that. <laughs> but we're, we're chivalrous, so we're gonna go with ladies first. Uh, Chelsea, what's, what's one of the weirdo fucking movies that you love? This one, uh... I don't know why this was so hard for me. I don't know if I was just over overthinking weirdo movies I, this past week, or it's just exhaustion from other things. So I, you're a busy lady working from home. You don't have like the 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 bandwidth that I have to just think about weird shit all the time. I mean, I think about weird shit all the time. It's just not specifically weird movie so the ones the two that i thought of and i'll you know go with the first one i thought of rick you actually mentioned it to me yesterday but i had thought of it before that um and it's i guess the two that i picked are more mainstream than probably what we're going for but they're still really fucking weird um 
and I mean, this one has an accompanying LL Cool J rap about a shark. Yes. <laughs> so can can you know like how Deeper. can you not get weird? Deeper Bluer. or no deepest bluest? Uh, my hat is my like a shark's fin. Is like a shark's fin. Yeah. Uh, the poet laureate ladies love Cool James. <laughs> But yeah, so Deep Blue Sea uh, came to mind because I love that movie. I I will say, I don't care how weird a movie is. If I really like it, I'm more than likely going to recommend it to somebody. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think there's a film that I love that I would never have anyone watch. Maybe my taste is just better than yours, Rick. I just love movies I mean, that... Could be. <laughs> no. Um, but Deep Blue Sea, it, it came out in 99 i believe and the whole premise is they're testing sharks to you know figure out more uh i think medicine medicine capabilities when it comes to alzheimer's very nothing about like that's just a a really bizarre premise on its own and the sharks become smarter oh no the reverse well that's what you wanted the to happen you wanted to learn how to make brains better they just did it on the wrong thing they just did it on a, a wild uh carnivorous creature <laughs> and three um, three there's yeah. three and three. so they're smart they're strategizing they're Ooh. figuring out puzzles um they are able to kill samuel jackson and it's just bizarre and i love that movie um yeah sean have you seen it uh I think I've only seen parts of it. I've seen several movies that are like it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, I probably can't name the other sort of like underwater disaster films that came out around the same time. You know what I mean? But I think I've seen so many. <laughs> there were so many. Uh, I was thinking about that too, actually, when I was like, what else is weird that came out around this time or came out in the 90s? And I thought of like, uh, uh, what is it Dante's Peak or whatever with Pierce Brosnan oh yeah the volcano. Um, that volcano movie that one was crazy um, there were a lot of disaster films post Independence Day and Twister because yeah, okay. they were very very successful yeah mm-hmm. it's so yeah it's interesting to think about like a shark death scene like a shark attack death scene you know and Samuel mm-hmm. I guess Samuel L. Jackson gets taken in by a shark in this movie. And it makes me wonder how, if you took a very good actor and took a very bad actor and you filmed them both getting eaten by a, a shark, it's just like, okay, here's the scene you're getting eaten by the sh- shark action. Like, would the bad actor's performance be that different from the good actor's performance? Can somebody act poorly by when getting... getting eaten by a shark? I don't know if you can, you can. I don't, yeah, because I mean, unless you're going fully method and it's something you've experienced before, right. I just don't know if anyone's gonna get it completely accurate or do a bad sure. job. You can't say, that's not how you get eaten by a shark. Yeah. <laughs> like, unless you're, you have firsthand witnessed it. I could envision somebody underacting it and that would be bad. But I mean, if if you have somebody going for it, it's probably a good performance. Mm-hmm. I think I yeah I agree with that yeah, yeah I it, one of the most famous things about the movie arguably is 
Samuel Jackson does get eaten by a shark and it's really early in the movie and it's right after he gave a crazy speech about how they're all gonna stop fighting and they're gonna figure this out and then this shark just jumps up and takes him yeah um but uh, yeah I I love Deeply Sea Rick and I saw it uh at Alamo Draft House I, I guess two years ago now oh. um and it was for like their Terror Tuesday series. And the whole time I was just smiling like a child. Just <laughs> I fucking love Deep Blue Sea. I could rewatch it over and over. Um, but yeah, that's my that's my first weird uh, movie because it's just one of those where such a bizarre plot that got, I, I guess, kind of an A to B list cast. I mean, you had LL Cool J in 99, which is something. And Samuel Jackson, which is something. So, well, you definitely got a great cast. Michael Rappaport, for some reason. Michael Rappaport is there. You've got uh, Stellar Skarsgård, who, thanks to the How Did This Get Made episode of this movie, has had his Wikipedia page changed that his real name is Stellar Skateboard. Tom Jane is a very intense man with a dark past um uh, ida tuturo is there dancing unrhythmically but i'm guessing they just add the music in later uh she does not get eaten by a shark uh but uh instead a helicopter crashes into the room where she's taking place and it is and saffron burrows is very intense scientist with a with a personal reason for wanting to cure alzheimer's uh and using sharks but in in the the shark film hierarchy there's jaws inarguable at the top deep blue sea is a distant second and then there's everything else so as far as bonkers movies go it still is uh considered if not by many that at least chelsea and i the second greatest (laughs) shark film of all time. Wow. Uh, I will watch it. Like, please do. Yeah. Second. That's pretty good. That's impressive. Yeah. I I just love that it, it's just somebody I, I imagine somebody walking into the pitch meeting. They make the sharks smarter. <laughs> <laughs> they, they are able to group together, strategize a plan, yeah, and go after them one by one. Like it, it really is uh almost like a that slasher film um trope of they're you know gone one by one uh they're picked Mm -hmm. off and it's it's such a good time and it's just so weird and ll cool j is he has a vendetta because of you know he loses someone very close to him and that's all i'm gonna say he lost someone he loved and the shark had to pay for that yeah rick don't say a word (laughs) I'm not going to spoil this for Sean. Hopefully our listeners have watched this film and have come to enjoy it because it's just a good time. Yeah. If they a have a very weird time. It's a good tease. If they haven't seen it, that, that does make one want to see it more. Chelsea, yeah. you love this movie so much that if a shark movie came out now, that was sort of like it, would you immediately write it off? Or would you be like, I like the genre enough. I'll check it out. I would check it out. I think, especially because this one was made in 99, I'd like to see, and and it has nothing to do with effects or anything. I would just like to see like the medical jargon they would use or like the tests that they would use because I feel like that would change because in this one, 
you know, you, you don't have um, cell phones, you don't really have like even laptops, like everything they had was bulky and oh, if yeah. it broke, everything broke. So and I'd then it got wet. And then it got wet. And I mean, you can, your iPhone can go swimming now and it's fine. But um, I'd be curious to see if there were any, any advancements there. So yeah, I don't think I would write it off. I would love to see something uh, similar to this again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and now we're coming around sean what's the first weirdo movie you want to tell us about well it's um it's not a movie that i love it's definitely weird but i'm bringing it up because i just saw it recently for the first time like a week and a half ago i had a friend who it was his birthday and he rented out a movie theater in tom's river he's like oh i'm gonna run out a movie theater and there were only four people watching the movie so that's like, safe uh, but the, for his birthday double feature, my, my buddy, Bill, he watched the movie, the garbage pail kids movie. And it was the, my first time seeing it actually it's, and I think it has the distinction of being the first movie. I remember when it came out in the theaters, cause I was a garbage pail kid, kid myself, you know, I remember when it was coming out and I was just like, I have no interest in seeing this movie. It looks like trash. I refuse to see it. And I was smart because this movie is horrible. It is, <laughs> it is weird. Like not, not, oh, not in like, Oh, how, who thought this was good. This shouldn't have been made just sort of like, it's a story that shouldn't exist. And so, you know, there was like, Rick, have you ever seen it? Or Chelsea, have you seen it? I've seen it and it oh, gave yeah. me nightmares. Yeah. <laughs> it was so terrifying. The fact that this, it's I, about I have. Yeah, the fact that it's about a kid and it's introduced that he like works at a antique store with an old man and you think it's his grandfather at first and then it turns out it's not his grandfather it's just some weird dude and it's a weird dude that offers to give him baths and, it, and he's like he got beat up by some bullies and he was like get out of those clothes let's wash your clothes and take it here take a bath it's weird. I agree. I, I've only seen it once and it was when I was a kid and um, I think we rented it because I think my mom was like, oh, this looks fun for you guys to watch. Yeah. Because <laughs> we, because if you look at, I was just looking at the poster for it um, on IMDb and I was like, yeah, my mom would definitely think this is a movie that I would probably want to watch just because of like how they look like little critters yeah. out of the trash can. Um, or out of the garbage pail and into your heart, as the poster says. Um, <laughs> and, um, and we and we loved little creature feature things like that. And my mom was probably like, "This will be fun." And I just remember thinking, "This is so unpleasant to look at, yeah. and it is going to haunt me." So those, those are all. That, that's most of what I remember is thinking, "This is so ugly. I hate this." Yeah. <laughs> that's my thinking. The other fun thing about watching it recently is that, so my buddy lives in Tom's River. It's like a short bus ride away. I'm usually not bad about missing buses, but I did miss the bus I was supposed to get on. So I was like, hey man, I'm gonna be a little, a little, a little late. He was like, oh, well, we'll hold the movies for you. It's cool. There's only four of, it's gonna be four of us. I was like, all right. So um, he, I got on the later bus, he came and picked me up you know, it was, we had a very casual ride back. I was like, oh, I'm sorry for being late. He's like, ah, they're fine. And um, we, we drove back, we got to the movie theater. It's funny in hindsight, because I think we, we took so much time, like 
we he parked but then he was like oh there's a closer spot so i'll get the closer spot and then we got in and it's like hey let's get some snacks and then i was like i have to go to the bathroom we took so much time to get into the theater that when we finally got there his dad was screaming because you know he brought the movie on dvd in the dvd menu screen had been playing on repeat <laughs> since my buddy left to pick me up from the bus stop so my buddy's dad and his other friend had to listen to like this 30 second clip of this horrible like demonic carnival music that was <laughs> a new loop of the garbage pail kids and his his dad was screaming he was like turn the movie on make this make this stop it was the perfect introduction to such a horrible film oh my god all right i'll see you and i'll raise you okay i saw this movie in the theater when it came out uh like sean i was a fan of the garbage pail kids as a kid unlike sean i thought this is something i'll check out in the theater not in the sense of i thought it was great but it's it's i'm I'm at that age where like my parents would give me some money and i if could go to the movies by myself Mm. and so i contributed to the domestic box office of this film the first time. Wow. I believe I walked out of it thinking, meh, I remember none of it, mm-hmm. but it is one of those cult movies and clearly where a studio is like, kids like this, let's spend money on it to make more money. And I don't think that worked. I'm <laughs> sure there's there there, there are people that love weirdo films that like it that have that cult status that want to fuck their own minds a little bit and re-watch it uh again i know it's another how did this get made episode that you can listen to funny people uh, rank on this movie quite a bit but yeah i and i think it was Mackenzie austin sean austin's brother known primarily from the facts of life like he's the lead in this mm-hmm. this could be his his breakout role and it wasn't <laughs> yeah the movie's so bad that it makes made me think that nobody who had a hand in making it thought it was going to be good how bad it is yeah, I feel like there would be a moment where you would look at each other as they're going over the script thinking, you agree, right? Yeah. This is not, this is not going to be great. I feel like there had to be that collective moment with some of them. Speaking as a, as a crew member on things, like I don't, as long as my fucking check clears, <laughs> I don't give a shit. Yeah. Well, I think there may be a difference if you're in front of the camera. Not saying your job was less important because it's not, but they're like, people are going to see me and they're going to see me in this movie and that may be what I'm remembered for. Hey, if if somebody like George Clooney can survive Attack of the Killer Tomatoes <laughs> and the Batman and Robin and that mullet from the Facts of Life where he probably met Mackenzie Austin, hmm. <laughs> then sure, why not? Two yeah. Facts of Life references. Oh yeah! Wow. Who knew that was going to happen today? Facts of lifer. <laughs> well, you take the good, you take the bad. Oh God! Something, something, <laughs> something. I, I, I would not have a problem being in a bad horror film or sci-fi film, but if I was in like a, a drama, 
that somebody thought was like great and that was bad i that would be grueling for me i don't I think agree. I, I would have fun doing that i agree if it's not something that that will be fun and hit like a cult classic type of uh, appeal i don't i'd be like oh god i was just in a bad movie i uh i have a quick story about seeing a friend's play that was bad <laughs> and um you know he was a, it was a friend who like you know, we, we see each other's stuff when we can, you know, but and he was really, really trying to get me to see this specific thing. It was some period piece thing. And I was like, I don't know, it doesn't seem fun, but he was really trying to get my girlfriend and I to go. So I was like, fine. Uh, like we went, there were only like five people in the crowd and it was really bad. And afterwards I met up with him. I couldn't not say anything. I was like, that was not good. He was like, yeah, we, had no rehearsals and the director spent more money on the costumes and oh on renting rehearsal space. And I was like, well, he admitted it was bad. I was like, why did you invite us? He was like, well, I had to get people to come. I was like, you shouldn't. <laughs> I feel like, so I'm your, you know, <laughs> yeah. I was wow. like, it's the good thing. You know? I've, I've, I've got a similar story to that. There's a friend of mine who for the sake of his an anonymity, I will refer to as R, who when, when that fourth Indiana Jones film came out, he was very eager to see it. And he saw it the night before all of us were supposed to get together as a group to watch it. Oh, wow. And he didn't warn us. So halfway through the movie, I want to walk out, but I am assuming everybody else is enjoying it i'm thinking it's hot garbage right. and then when we're done he's like yeah i didn't really like it that much when we watched it the last night i'm like damn why the fuck didn't you just say let's go eat some wings oh yeah i mean i warned y'all about green lantern yeah. that was my job rick i just met a guy i was on a, his podcast he says green lantern is one of his favorite movies you should go okay on you should have him on um no. And, <laughs> and he talked about how he's he gets shit on by his friends a lot for liking that movie. He says it's good though. It, it's a very colorful, shiny piece of shit. I'll give him that. It looks great. Story, yeah. man. I've, uh, I've stayed away. I've I have heard nothing but bad things about it, so I've never given it a chance. Never. Never yeah, I've never seen it. Yeah. Well, maybe your friend and we'll rent out a theater in Tom's River and have another double <laughs> feature next where oh. you can watch Green Lantern, in which case you should say, even if coronavirus statistics spike, you're like, I'm busy, I got a thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. My first weirdo film, mm -hmm. I don't expect either of you nor any of our listeners to have heard of this. It's called Suicide Club. Uh, came out in the early 2000s. It's a Japanese horror movie. Uh, around the time that Juan and Ringu were coming out, uh, it, it, it's, it's one of those. And I'd go into New York City, and there was a little flea market next to the Tower Records downtown where this guy would sell all these bootleg movies, all these kung fu movies, uh, all these import movies. And I just picked it up on a whim because he had gotten to know me a little bit he's like you like weird shit i said yes i do and this movie starts out uh you're on a platform about 54 schoolgirls come on to the train platform 
and there's a bullet express train heading to Tokyo. All these young ladies uh, grasp each other's hands, start swinging them back and forth, and they all collectively leap onto the tracks. Blood spattering everywhere. And then... Uh, I'm spoiling the fuck out of this movie because I would not recommend it to everybody. I don't know if you can see it and we'll get to more of that at the end of it. And then we just switched to a Japanese pop group called Dessert singing about how badly they want to be emailed by someone that they like. Uh, It's very important to them. Uh, I have to hear from you or I will die is one of the subtitles of the translated lyrics. We then get into the detectives who start investigating things because uh, they're like, is this a crime? I mean, yeah, it's weird that all these girls killed themselves, but it, it, it's not a homicide. They're uh, inspecting things. Someone delivers a roll of human skin stitched together and they're finding that on the bodies there have been like about 10 centimeters of flesh removed uh and yeah and the cops are now getting calls from someone who whose alias is the bat Mm. uh the bat is noticing that there's a website that has dots that pop up prior to each mass suicide and then they continue all through the movie uh and it's like okay the red dots are females the white dots are males like well how are you figuring this out it's like i don't know i'll just keep you posted check out this website i'm called the bat so we have other scenes of of mass suicides happening and then no explanation as to why sounds like a disturbing movie (laughs) yes yeah but there's more Hmm. Another voice starts calling the police and telling them that 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 these the suicides are inevitable. And at the end of every sentence, they do like a little a little throat clearing, similar to Hyman Roth in Godfather Two, towards the end of that movie. But here comes my favorite part: the bat gets abducted, and the bat gets abducted by this band. That looks like the Japanese equivalent of Ziggy Stardust and the spiders from Mars. And in the midst of this abduction, they decide they're going to sing a song. The verses are in Japanese. The chorus is in English. And the chorus is, because the dead shine all night long. And at that point, it's like, I don't know what the fuck I'm watching, but I love it. So more suicides, more investigations and then the movie ends and i believe it was supposed to be part of a trilogy i don't know if those movies ever got made i never cared enough to look into it i never cared enough to see if they got released in america and i just watched this again yesterday to refresh my memory of this weirdo fucking movie just for this episode Mm -hmm. because like i love it i don't know why i would never say hey you want to watch something let's watch this because people would look at me as they frequently do when i recommend weirdo movies and go what the fuck is wrong with you yeah why are you making us watch this which i gotta i gotta ask did anyone did the the your friend's dad do that at the at the conclusion of garbage pail kids i think he said that that movie is so shitty i love it 
Okay, cool, cool, cool. Have either of you heard of Suicide Club? No. No. That's not surprising. (laughs) It does not sound like something I would seek out, to be quite honest. Yeah. That's fair. I was going to say, I have <laughs> the DVD very strange. <laughs> if you want to watch it, but if you don't, I'll understand. <laughs> so is it not in print anymore? Is it hard to watch? You said something about it not even... If it, I feel like you said something about it not being available. I, I highly doubt it's streaming anywhere for anyone to check out on, in, during the pandemic. Oh, I was just wondering if it was controversial. That's when you said that I was wondering, oh, is it like, has it just been pulled? Probably controversial in the sense that there's a lot of teen suicides and Mm -hmm. musical accompaniment. And it's not jovial in the Heather sense of big fun playing their prom, singing teenage suicide. Don't do it. It's a great song. I mean, uh, you might, if you're a fan of Japanese pop music, then yeah, the musical numbers might entertain you. Uh, I'm I'm sure with the internet, if any of our listeners specifically want to check this out, you might be able to find it, but I don't see that happen. Yeah, you you stumped us with that one. (laughs) When did you first see it? Oh, this has to be very early 2000s, uh, maybe like 02, 03. I've got a question. The guy that sure. re- the guy that recommended it, you said that it was the, the guy at the store was just like, oh, you like weird things, try this. Do you mm-hmm. think he really, truly was giving a, a recommendation or do you think he was just trying to sell a disc that hasn't been selling? <laughs> like I said, he I had gotten to know me well enough and he knew I liked weird okay. uh, Japanese horror movies. Yeah. I bought my copy of Juan from him. Uh, my lady got her copy of The Ring from him. So he's like, I'm just like, I, I remember you. You like this weird shit. Yeah. Here okay. you go. This is the new weird shit I got. Yeah. So it's legit. All right. That's good. Yeah. I miss him. I hope he's doing well wherever he is. Yeah. He's probably still recommending really crazy Japanese horror films to people. I mean, I don't know how many bootleg DVDs he can get away with selling in the age of streaming, but I hope he's doing all right. Do you? I don't know. There's, yeah. Do you both know the store Snack? I think it's it was called Snack Dragon in Brooklyn. No. Uh, I think it was on. Oh shoot! Well, it was in Williamsburg. I forget. And that might even be the the wrong name of it. But I was in there once, talking with a bartender who used to own a video store in Iowa. This bartender. And you would think, oh, video store in Iowa, not that interesting. But she said she curated it as like the craziest, weirdest uh, video store she could. I don't know. We had like such an amazing night of just talking about films. Oh, nice. But I, and I think that bar closed. I, oh, I had dreams damn. of going back there and like hanging out with that lady again. Um, but uh, I don't know. She's she's out there. Maybe a listener knows her whereabouts if she's bartending somewhere else now. But um. I I always love hearing about um, just random places where uh, there's just these really unique things. Like when you mentioned the um, video store, especially curated to that in Iowa, it made me think of I watched that documentary Serial Killer Culture, and like yeah. there's a there's what's called like the Last Dime Museum. I think somewhere in Ohio I can't remember it it was very like middle America 
randomly here and it was just this guy who collected all of this stuff um like you know woven spiders that charlie manson made or like crime scene photos and different different artifacts like that and i'm like god there is no reason i want to go to ohio except go see this which would just take a day like i would i would fly over there just to see this so it's always interesting to see these um really weird and curated places and you know not tourist spots yeah yeah. I think I think there would be that, and then you go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which I believe is in Cleveland, and then like many other people, you get the fuck out of Ohio, <laughs> like I did, yeah. Oh, there you go, <laughs> Cleveland specifically, yeah. Cleveland specifically, that's nice. not Cleveland, but yeah. So Chelsea, what you got next for us? My uh, second one. I don't think you'll be surprised by this, Rick. It depends on how much I've talked about Kevin Bacon to you, because I really do love Kevin Bacon. Mm. And I should probably talk about him more. He's anyway. the hub of everything. <laughs> yeah, I just, I love Kevin Bacon. So um, one movie that I adored as a kid and still adore to this day, and it's just so strange, um, is Tremors. Tremors <laughs> is so freaking weird. um I I have specific memories of it when I was a kid just very specific scenes that really stuck with me there's that one scene where that sheep farmer gets eaten by one of the I guess the premise of the movie is that there's you know underground monsters in like this small you know desert town it's underground sharks it is underground sharks oh my gosh I think I just really like types of sharks yeah um and so uh goofy creatures that come from below are your jam that is true and so um and it's causing like earthquake like tremors and kevin bacon is full-on in a cowboy hat and slightly unbuttoned shirt the jeans fit him very nicely so that's another reason i like this movie a lot um he looks great. Anyway, back to what the movie's about. Uh, he's there with his, you know, partner who I can't remember uh, the actor's name, but I remember he did most of the sequels. He's Fred, the one who stuck around. Fred Ward, uh, Fred Ward yeah. and, and Michael Gross of Family Ties were the other name people in that franchise. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, they're trying to get rid of these underground monsters. But the scene that I was thinking of specifically is when, if I remember correctly, the the sheep farmer, he finds all the sheep dead. And then when they look for the sheep farmer, they see his like hat on the ground and they pick up the hat and under the hat, it's just his face screaming. (laughs) (laughs) And he was obviously dead, but that really messed with me as a kid and I still you know even when I rewatch the movie I'm like oh here it comes but it's another example of you know I think it's one of those movies that I, I don't think it's it's critically loved by any means but it's popular enough to where you know it would be on FX or TNT all the time kind of like deeply see and yeah yeah it, and it has uh, yeah a lot of sequels it was going to have a tv show i think wow. like, um, like 78 prequels and sequels how yeah. often do you rewatch tremors is my question um not terribly often usually if it's if it's been a couple of years and i see that it's streaming 
um then I'll watch it but when I was younger me and my mom would watch it all the time we thought we both had really hardcore crushes on Kevin Bacon and we would watch every movie he's in um including Footloose I do like Footloose uh what was I saying every time I think about Kevin Bacon I get distracted Uh, Um, clearly (laughs) I would call I would call Tremors an a sort of like accidental sequel to Footloose I mean, I feel like I feel like he kind of plays the same character in some way, just like a guy in the middle of nowhere. I think so. Having, having never seen Footloose, I'm just going to say, Sean, you're correct. <laughs> it's like a natural progression of when sure. you get a town to start dancing, then you go to another town, and another ruckus is happening. Yeah, you got to fight subterranean toothworms. Toothworms. Yeah, and they're also, they're so, the, I remember uh, the gore in it, the monsters having such really weird radioactive orange red blood, it would explode, oh, yeah. and I was like, why does this look like burnt cheese or something? It just looked so strange to me as a kid. Um, but yeah, I, I really like Tremors, and I think there's no way of describing the plot without it sounding weird. It's just weird. I don't even know how it became a movie in, in that regard. It's just such a strange concept. And I think Reba is in it. Reba McIntyre. If the I remember first, correctly. Oh yeah. The first one makes sense. The cavalcade of straight-to-video sequels and perhaps even just sci-fi se- production sequels, that's the part that baffles me. Yeah. I never saw the sequel. So that I I never touched the sequel because you know what? Kevin Bacon's not in it. So you're a purist, is what you are. <laughs> you think there are tremor conventions out there? Because there are enough movies to I guess support a, sa- a fan base, or there's enough fan base to support sequels. There, there there is a subsect of that fan base that believes it was a documentary and the events occurred in real time. Oh wow. <laughs> That's funny. That would be, I would love to go to a Tremors convention just to see what would the cosplays be like. I right. would dress as Kevin Bacon. No but... masks at the Tremors convention, I assure you. Yeah. <laughs> hey, what are you saying about us Tremors fans? I'm saying that most of the people that would go to a convention, they're like, no, 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 no. We got better, bigger things to worry about than a virus. They're below. Maybe. Don't you go to conventions? <laughs> <laughs> Not lately. (laughs) (laughs) Rick, you've seen, so you've seen Tremors and the sequels? No, I rented the sequels to people that had watched everything else. Um, But yeah, I watched Tremors. I I don't like uh, that Kevin Bacon called them mother humpers at any time. It's like, Mm. come on, just say motherfucker, please. Please, Mm. you know, come on. (laughs) But that's me. I'm a fan of profanity. Fair. But you, Sean, you've seen it? I have. I've seen it. I actually saw it for the first time like a y- 13 or 14 months ago. Like it was in, when it was available on Netflix. It's like, oh, I've never seen Tremors. Let's, let's do it. It is fun. It's fun. It's a really fun one. Yeah. And just weird. So the, yeah, I'm glad that my weird choices aren't being criticized. I was scared. I was picking things that were just oh. too... I don't know. I, I was like, are these weird enough? And then the more I thought about it, I was like, they're pretty fucking weird. My second, you can't, my you can't criticize you can't criticize the weird shit. It's yeah. like, we know we know it's weird. Yeah. 
My second one is less weird than Garbage Pail Kids. I thought about also talking about Troll 2 because after Garbage Pail Kids, we watched Troll 2. And that was also Christ. <laughs> my first time watching that, too. I, I had avoided Troll 2, even though I watched the documentary about it. You know what I mean? Um, but the the second movie I, I, I really like is Only Lovers Left Alive. Oh. It's mm -hmm. like rock star vampires hanging out in Detroit. Um, I, I just really like it. I, I don't think I've seen a bad Jim Jarmusch movie in, in a way. I, there are films of his that I like less than others. And he does a lot of just weird, different stuff. I almost, I almost feel like he's genreless in, mm -hmm. some, in some ways. But it's kind of his own genre in and of himself. Yeah. But Only Lovers Left Alive is like, I don't know, it's, it's almost not about vampirism even though they're vampires. It's like about just being bored. <laughs> Which is such a fair thing. Cause I mean, when you think about immortality, it's like, yeah. it must be, I, I like that movie a lot. Rick, I am, think you really like it. Am I weird for, for and this is not a criticism to Sean, but am I weird for not thinking that that movie is weird? I love Only Lovers Left Alive. Well, it can be weird and be great. Yeah. The reason so, I yeah. weird is that it's um, it is by Jim Jarmusch, who normally does like I don't know weird emotional stories, yeah. about, like lonely people. Which I mean, this is too, but um, he does the indie talkie movies before, yeah. but before the indie talkie movies were cool, really. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I first saw Only Lovers Left Alive in the theater. Um, oh. And I like that it is an atypical vampire movie because at the heart of it, it's a love story. It's these immortal people uh, that love each other. They've been apart for a long time. Uh, Adam, played by uh, Tom Hiddleston, yeah. is just off in Detroit making music surrounded by records and living in the kind of home that I'd like to live in, except it doesn't have a working bathroom. He's got uh fuck. What is the, the young guy's I'm name? Not a, I'm, not a, I'm not a musician, but it sounds fun to just be able to like hang out in a house by yourself for a while and just make songs. Yeah. He's got Anton Yelchin bringing him shit. He's contemplating suicide. His wife, Eve is in Tunisia hanging out with John Hurt, uh, their old ass vampires. And finally, when it's like, I need you to come over, we need to reunite. And all she does is pack her books. That's what she loves. Yeah, and yeah. that's cool. And then, you know, Adam's, no, it's, uh, it's Eve's sister shows up. And I, I, I hate when siblings arrive and, and I'm probably revealing too much. They cause chaos and break your fucking records. That's unacceptable. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but also all the great Detroit music references in that film. Like there's a, a, a vinyl copy of my favorite Dirt Bob Bombs album, uh, Ultra Glide in Black in the background. There's references to Danny and the Darlene's, uh, Jack White, of course. It, it, it is great. And the music throughout... Uh, by Jarmusch's band Squirrel is is really cool and sets a great tone oh, for a film. 
I didn't know that music was from him. That's I'm yeah. glad I brought it up then. We've recommended this movie to a couple people that have hated it. It's like, well, uh, why do you hate interesting things? But yeah. you know, that's okay. Yeah. Well, I will pick at you, Rick, because you're saying that you don't find it weird, but when you first started describing it, you called it atypical. Mm. Right. I don't think atypical is always synonymous with weird. I I consider atypical to just be outside the norm. Mm. which is unusual <laughs> which is weird i'm just challenging you because you said you don't find it weird but it is weird i i think are you thinking weird in a negative way no i'm thinking uh atypical in that it's not it, it's not so bitey it's more of a cuddly mm. vampire movie mm. Mm, okay you just want to be be pale pe- people uh spooning in bed and you know that was my 90s <laughs> so not weird for you <laughs> okay yeah <laughs> i know i'm 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 just fucking with you <laughs> of course <laughs> but yeah i think it i i categorize it as weird it, it's actually the more i think about it i don't know if i've ever recommended it to anybody i remember rick you and jen talking about it quite a bit and that's what made me check it out um a couple of years ago and I thought, oh, this is cool. And I've only watched it once, but I really liked it. It's it's a love story, first, in my opinion, and and the toothiness is secondary. I I also liked Jarmusch's zombie movie. Not to get off topic too mm-hmm. much, and I and I liked it because it was like, not like the vampire movie, in, in, in any way. You know what I mean? It it really did seem like two movies created by two separate directors which i was impressed with that it was like yeah the the dead don't die a, yeah. an atypical type zombie movie but yeah. once i saw iggy pop playing a zombie i'm like well um, take my money jim jarmusch yeah i didn't realize uh, it was the same director at first actually I, I've, I've seen lo- both and i like the dead don't die yeah i've loved jim jarmusch for a long time so it's like yeah what else you got yeah i think you just like saying his name I do. Um, I didn't like the limits of control. I did like uh, going to the Tribeca Film Festival and being ahead of him online while he was just chatting it up with Rosie Perez as we were going to watch a documentary about old bloods and crips. That was not very entertaining. <laughs> it's a weird side note. <laughs> but appreciated. New-, <laughs> New York stories. Yeah. Wow. All right, my my last film uh, is a very weird movie. And this is one that I would actually recommend to people if they like weird films. Yeah. Uh, it's directed by Adam Rifkin. It was written by Penn Gillette and mostly crowdfunded. I'd say mostly oh, crowdfunded because Penn kicked a lot of his own money into the movie. He had an idea yeah. of a film called Director's Cut, where you hear a comment, his running commentary of the character he plays over the entire film Uh. and making his own edits as uh, an obsessed fan who is obsessed with the uh, leading lady of the film played by Missy Pyle. And it, it... it, it, it happens way too frequently where like some lonely dude has a break with reality, gets obsessed with an actress 
and then abducts her. And then he finishes the film. So you can see the actual professional footage. And then towards the end of the movie, it flies off the rails. And it's like he's editing it and adding really shitty green screen in with the things that are actually uh, filmed for this actual murder uh, like seven type like like a seven type thriller but he's like oh this sucks this director had no idea what they were doing but since I crowdfunded it I'm a producer and I need to to have time alone with the star and just the weirdest film sounding film that we've talked about today this this yeah legitimately sounds weird (laughs) It, it gets weirder in the sense of as they're making the movie one of the other actors is Harry Hamlin and uh, it's like, well, if one of my co-stars uh, like got abducted and the police wanted to talk with me, my wife would probably be there with me. Um, and his wife is one of the real housewives of something, something. Oh, yeah. And they're like, well, if I was doing and she said, if I was being, you know, answering questions for the police because my husband's co-star got abducted, the crew would probably be there, too. And Penn said, well, let's just do that. Yeah. And, and, and it is such an exercise in moderate budget guerrilla filmmaking where like no idea is kind of discarded. It's like, okay, well, let, let, let's just do that. Because Pendulette is that kind of uh, creative or crazy human being to do that. So I also like listening to his podcast and hearing about the development of this movie yeah. from like start to finish. So when I finally got to see it, I'm like, oh, this is one of the the most unique films I've ever fucking seen. And I know it's not for everybody, but I would recommend it for people that, like we said, wanna willingly have their mind fucked a little bit um especially because adam rifkin is a good filmmaker from movies like the the last movie star and detroit rock city so if you like his stuff if you're a penn and teller fan shit if you're a real housewives fan check it out (laughs) yeah how much is lisa renna in it oh less than three minutes Maybe I just want to fuck with the Real Housewives audience a little bit. That's me. <laughs> I'm the Real Housewives <laughs> audience. <laughs> I've heard you talk about this movie so much, I feel like I've seen it. And that's not, I'm not like poking fun at you or anything. I've just no, heard okay. you talk about this movie so much. And I'm surprised that I didn't even think you were going to bring it up. I forgot about it until now. And I feel <laughs> like I, I, I'm looking at the cast right now on IMDb and I see someone credited as playing Jeffrey Dahmer. So I would very much like for you to explain that. Okay. The plot of the movie within this movie is that there is a copycat killer who is mimicking other famous serial killers. So like Jeffrey Dahmer, uh, like Albert Fish, like that, uh, that fucking sniper in Texas back in the 70s whose name is escaping me. Uh, But yeah, so that's the plot of the movie that Penn's character 
believes he's the producer of, but in his fractured psyche, he believes Missy Piles is the main character of the movie and 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 everything else is secondary. It's available for free on IMDb TV. I'm definitely going to watch it. Yes, and uh, Dread TV has their own free streaming service as well, and you can check it out there. I bought the DVD immediately because I'm like, I like this weirdo thing, <laughs> and I will not be inconvenienced by a streaming service if I feel like watching this at any given moment. That's fair. Maybe I will finally watch it. If you do, please it's tell me It's 90 minutes exactly. And that's right in your sweet spot. That's beautiful to me. 90 minutes. Those are sweet sounding words. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, so, so we've discussed some weirdo films. I don't think I'm going to watch Garbage Pail Kids again, but I, would I might. I would not recommend it. There's like, there's no redeemable, you know how films, especially geared to kids, there's like a lesson. There's like zero life lessons in this. <laughs> nothing i don't i really it's wild i feel like i blocked out a lot i yeah. don't remember the plot there but i might watch tremors again if it's readily available i might try uh, i might try one of the sequels that's it <laughs> there's so many to choose from and i i doubt they're really they really depend on you watching every single one of them yeah right yeah tremors is on stars oh. or deep blue sea I think I want to watch that, to be honest. I wouldn't, oh, you can rent it on Prime. I wouldn't feel like I would have to watch Tremors 2. You know what I mean? I, like, I'll just watch any sequel that's available. Why not? I'd, like the fourth one. And it's like, I, I don't think I'm going to be that confused. Honestly, I, think, I don't think you would be. Yeah. I think I, we'd all be I, able to. I understand. think there was Tremors on Ice. I'm sure there's a prequel in there. I'm sure they fly at one point. I bet one of them sprouts wings in a, in a sequel. These are actually wonderful uh, names. There's Tremor Tremors 2 Aftershocks, Tremors 3 Back to Perfection, Weird. Tremors 4 The Legend Begins, Whoa. Tremors, That's probably 5, the Tremors 5 Bloodlines, Tremors A Cold Day in Hell, Weird. Tremors Shrieker Island, and that one's from 2020. Wow. The Shrieker Island is the only one where you can sort of decipher what it's about from the title. Yeah, well, I feel yeah, like I, there's a, I, I think there's going to be a theme park or something. Maybe. Right? And maybe. Well, then there's uh, Spring Break Tremors and <laughs> Tremor and Tremors Citizens on Patrol. Right. Ha. That's funny. I feel like the Bloodline Tremors might be about, there's a scientist who's experimenting with genetic engineering or something. That's the only guess I have. Mm. I could be completely wrong. Like, what the hell is Cold Day in Hell about? Uh, I think that's the one where they're in the mountains in the they're snow. They're in Canada. Uh, okay, all right. All right, so Can it's it? Winter Tremors. All right, so that one makes sense. All right, yeah. Snow <laughs> Tremors. Snow it's like, tremors. oh, right, yeah. <laughs> I think it's, Deep Blue Sea has a sequel, actually. Uh, two sequels. Deeper? Bluer? Mm -hmm. Is that what it's called? Uh, if it's there, not called that, I'm actually going to be pissed. Yeah. Really. There, there, there's Deep Blue Sea Mission to Moscow, and uh, that's the third one. And uh, Deep Blue Sea to uh, Wet Boogaloo. <laughs> <laughs> Why has no other sequel used the Boogaloo title? That, that that's like out there, ready to be picked up. 
so true. Because because I think it, it's too revered. Mm, it's like okay. that's that's the holy grail, grail of sequel titles. Um, let's not fuck with it. <laughs> Better than the original, I think. <laughs> I think that's common knowledge that the sec- Electric Boogaloo is better than the first one. Of course, you, know, you got popping and locking and things of that nature. <laughs> it's been a pleasure in talking to you both. Sean, where can the people find you? Uh, and and uh, what do you want to let our audience know to check out? Sure, definitely uh, through um, Stoner Morning Show. We do a live show every Saturday morning from 10 a.m. And, until about noon. And then coming up on April 24th, we're doing a 24-hour live stream. And we're raising money for... Uh, the New York City Indie Theater Fund, which provides emergency grants to, to artists in need. So it's like a 24-hour charity show for them coming up. That, that's, that's a wonderful cause. Uh, uh, as, as improvisers, and I had the pleasure of performing with Sean, uh, there's a lot of uh, institutions that have closed down yeah. uh, due to the coronavirus. And hopefully they, some of them will make a comeback. Uh, better than ever because i believe our our comeback is going to be better than our setbacks that's a great yeah that should be a tremors title tremors eight yeah i love that and that's the one where kevin bacon will finally return oh yeah (laughs) i didn't come up with that one on my own but anyway um any any social media that you want people to follow you on sean Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, uh, check me out at, at Schwickens, S H W I C K E N S, Sean Wickens. At Schwickens. I have a 10 minute po- uh, comedy album that's on Spotify that's, I think, very good. Ten What's minutes. it called? All I Needed, The Best 10 Minutes of My Life. Very cute. There you go. Yeah. Well, you're a very funny man, and everybody should listen to that. Oh, thank you. Chelsea, where to commend the people find it if they want to find you? Um, if they want to find me, I'm on Twitter and Instagram. Just type in Chelsea Bennington and I'm right there. There you go. And you can check out Spooky Doings on Instagram, Spooky Doings Improv on Facebook. One day we'll do another show and Sean has an open invitation to join us on stage and murder us as he sees fit. (laughs) Uh, Mostly because I like when I say something funny, Sean doesn't laugh. He just goes, that's funny and that counts <laughs> oh yeah definitely <laughs> uh, that's funny is as good as a laugh it that's is it is yeah. but in the meantime and in between time for everybody else stay good stay healthy stay spooky and we'll see you <laughs>